Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse Podcast. My name is Joey, and with me once again is the man who, for some mysterious, unknown reason, shares the same piss schedule as me. <laughs> if I go for a piss at a gig, this man is either there, or ready, or about to turn up. It's one of those great unsolvable mysteries, but for me, it has brought a more real meaning to the saying, going for a Jimmy Riddle. <laughs> It's Jimmy Faulkner! Oi, oi! How you doing, Jimmy? Yes, I'm good. It's been like that since the uh, day we met, though, isn't it? My wedding? At your wedding, yeah. First yes. day we met, we were on the same piss schedule, and we have been ever since. Yep, you were um, Nat's guest. Yeah, Nat's Nat's plus guest. one. Yeah. I sat at a bar, about to buy a drink. You pulled up a stool next to me and said, you're not paying for a drink. Yeah. Bought me the drink I was going to get, and a shot. Yeah, and I was like, Sam, it's luckily you've just married me because I think I just met the person <laughs> in my dreams. <laughs> anyway, the Borderlands, the Borderlands, wicked film. Yeah, when it gets there, when it gets there, yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. Released in 2013 under the name The Borderlands, not released in the US until 2015 under a new name, Final Prayer, which I personally think is a much better name. Because what the f- does Borderlands mean? Uh, it's in Devon. Devon's on the border. Of what? The sea. <laughs> but there's no sea in it. No, there, there, it isn't. And Final Prayer is a is a banging name because of what happens at the very, very end. Yeah, I agree with you. England, you cocked up. Well, yeah. Like I say, filmed in Devon. In Denbury, to be exact. Denbury? Denbury. Where's that? De- oh, in Devon. Devon. Of course it is. <sighs> Jesus. So... <laughs> We'll get there. We'll build up to being on the ball. I okay. don't want to start. I'm on the ball. If we start off well, we've got nothing to aim for. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't see any box office figures for this, could you? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't look. Oh, I was I... hoping you'd look. Yeah, well, I did look. Couldn't find any. No monetary indication to its success. But the reviews were mostly positive. I, I don't think it went straight to... I don't think it came out in the cinema then. You think it went straight to DVD? Straight to DVD. I did wonder. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, director, Elliot Goldner, who wrote it as well, it was his first ever, it was his directorial debut, yeah, okay. I should uh, say. Yeah. Uh, so, shall we plot slot? Yeah, let's do it. Are uh, you sure? What? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm just going to sure. have a, a sip of the, the old brandy before yeah. we start. That was my surprise drink for you this week. Yeah, nice. Keeping it, it fresh. Sometimes. Ugh. Sorted. I'm going to set timer. Anyway, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Off you go. It opens with some classic shaky camp action of what I assume are police raiding some sort of shrine. Why they are pulling speakers out of the walls at this point is a mystery. A bearded fella, in a panic, explains some people are missing and it's all gone to shit. 
onto a guy wearing a head cam setting up various surveillance cameras around a cottage somewhere in England. This is now 100% a found footage film. Enter the bearded man who was introduced as Deacon. It's made clear by the tech guy Grey that the head cams must be worn at all times. Cue spooky late night surveillance shots. Summit's outside. Don't know where it is yet. But hey, the unlikely duo head off in search of a church. Still no idea what for. They find the slightly ruined church with its congregation of two. The priest, Father Krelik, shows the two a video of a baptism that was interrupted by some weird poltergeist action. Bells are ringing, candlesticks falling over, etc. You know the drill. Deacon exclaims that it's a very impressive video. Grey rigs the church with more cameras. To the pub! To the pub! What, now? Nope, in the story, oh. where it's kind of explained that Deacon travels around debunking finding miracles for an organisation called The Congregation. An Irish priest, Mark, Father Mark, arrives and they sit down to enjoy a lovely fish supper, which is ruined by the horrible screams of a burning sheep on the front lawn. I think we've... Have we all been there? Oh, yeah. Every time I go to the chip shop, someone seems to follow me with a bloody sheep and murder it outside my house. <laughs> That's terrible. Was that a sheep, sheep dying? Yeah, it was. Brother Deacon acts quick, puts the flames out and stabs the sheep in the neck with a kitchen knife. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's going to put you off your fish supper. Cue Spooky surveillance shots from the church. The father is there. Praying, perhaps? At midnight? Mm. What? I thought he was having a wank. Maybe he was. Why not? May the power of Christ compel you. Holy wank. Off the team go to the church, where they usher Father Krellick away for a few days, while they examine the church for any signs to debunk the supposed paranormal video. Mark can hear a faint noise like paint being scraped off the walls. Grey, outside, also hears strange sounds. Mark sticks his head in a hole and is knocked to the ground. They take him back to the cottage. And the boozing begins again! Oh yeah! Deacon and Grey, they sit down, they crack open some beers, crack open some wine. And this is where it gets explained at the start about uh, Deacon's thing, innit, in Bethlehem. Yeah, is this where at the pub? No, no, they're back. Is it? No, they're back at their place drinking, oh, okay. drinking. And Deacon explains that he was there to search for uh, some sort of miracle. It was going to be the new lords. Yeah, he thought it was everyone was being drugged with DMT, and then the priests all disappeared and got killed. Yes, and he had been advised to end his investigations. Yes. By the Vatican, who he works for, by the way. He'd gone against their ruling. Bit of yeah. a rebel, Deacon. Yeah, he is. Cue another late-night surveillance shot of Father Krellick praying. Pew doors creaking open, bells ringing, and a camera camera interference. We get the sense now that something real is happening at the church. The team head back to the church to find the father in a state of disarray. Gray sets up a series of mics to find the origin of the bizarre noises. It's coming from the walls. A cross falls from the altar. Deacon spots Father Krellick outside a window, so Mark gives chase, believing this is still a hoax. He climbs to the top of the church where he watches as Father Krellick jumps to his death, 
Deacon and Gray, meanwhile, hear a baby crying and a crucifix crashes to the ground. So what do they do? Back, Back to, to the, the pub. pub! Yeah, boy! But they're not welcome at this pub. No. No, doors are shut. Get out. You, you're not having any more booze. No. Nope. Gutted. So that means, surely, the investigation's over. Nope. Deacon heads back late at night, slightly drunk, and sees images of the dead priests that lead him to a hidden door in the church that seems to have sounds of babies coming out of it. Deacon calls on the help of an old priest, his mentor, to expel the demon from the church. However, of course, this don't go to plan. It does not go to plan. you got to have an old priest and a young priest. That's the rules yeah. for these kind of things. Yeah. And uh, the priest has always got to land in a plane and just come out and be like, what's the problem? And he his, he went, oh, that was a lovely flight. Yeah. Did always. he get that plane straight from the Vatican? It seems like it, yeah. The the Vatican's got, it's a bit flush with cash. Well, yeah, they've got to hide a lot of uh, discrepancies <laughs> yeah. around uh, diddling kids. Yep. And uh, that's not even not true. No. It's pretty bad. But still, I've lost where we are. During the old priest's ritual, shit hits the fan. They get locked in. Mark disappears down the passage behind the hidden door. Deacon and Grey try to catch up to him, but can never quite get to him. Travelling deeper down into the catacombs, they come across an altar. A human sacrifice altar and tiny cages and tiny skulls. It's a baby sacrifice altar. Now, it's mentioned earlier in the film. Yes. The main guy, sorry, the first guy to set up a church there. The first minister. Was also yeah. told by some being to yeah. set up an orphanage nearby. Yeah. That is when it becomes clear why he was told to set up an orphanage. Yeah. Down they go. The tighter the walls get, crawling through passageway after passageway. They crawl through a tight tunnel. One end seems to contract shut. The way out behind them also contracts shut. Shit. Shit. Trapped. Liquid drips from the walls, burning the flesh off of Deacon and Grey. So it's off Deacon and Grey. I always get told off saying off of. (laughs) My wife did English at university. My wife. It's a nightmare. (laughs) My wife. Did I get that accent right, Borat? Oh, Oh, it's Borat. It is, yeah. Yeah. I've got... The tunnel begins moving and contracting on them both like an intestine as they seem to be being digested by the monster or ancient god that lives under the hill. Yes, and the last thing we see of them is Deacon reciting the rosary and Grey just babbling shit. Screaming his head off. Giving it some. So there you go. That is fucking Borderlands or Final Prayer. Yeah. Which I think it should have been called Final Prayer what? for Deacon's sort of final prayer, prayer while they're trapped in this weird tunnel thing. Yep. And we got about two minutes left. That is how you do a plot slot. Short, precise, nice. Right, here we go. We're Light back it. on track now. Yes, and next up, we are going to go... To frights and delights. Yeah, yeah. Frights and delights. 
The only Holy Spirit I believe in is vodka. This is <laughs> Frights and Delights. <laughs> oh, I, can right there, you, I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I was, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that, yeah, it really tickled me. Yeah, I could tell you had something. There was a glint in your eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glint, yeah. That's the brandy. <laughs> that is the brandy, yeah. The second best Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I, there's not much info out there about this film, is there? No, but I think we should. Well, I think we need to clarify certain little bits. And what were your favourite sort of bits in it as well? My, my favourite bit i liked deacon punching that teenager in the face great that was that was one for every adult who's ever had a teenager be a dick the teenager knowing you can't punch them he looked he went up to him and flexed him as well yeah he flexed on him and they just got a twat in the face <laughs> it was brilliant Bang, down that's uh that's definitely one of my favorites uh the the end is is the best oh yeah when you turned it off <laughs> no <laughs> oh but what was because there's a there's a few bits with the teenagers of the town that kind of never really gets explained okay. because they come to the cottage and we see it on the surveillance at, near the start they're yeah. outside with like their I don't know fucking phones or something yeah and Deacon opens I think Deacon goes down and then you see him on the surveillance and they disappear you don't know if it's the teenagers but it probably is and you can always hear them playing their music. And they're yep. walking past them. And they they obviously put the sheep on the lawn, set that on fire. Yeah. Bastards ran off. I don't know. What was the purpose of that? The teenagers? Yeah. It was, I think, just it was another reason to have shit going on. But to have, you know, Mark and Deacon were both uh, sceptical of the miracle. Yeah. It was a way for them to easily explain away some of the stuff that was happening, which makes it easier for them to explain further stuff. Of course. As yeah, well. of course, because they say, oh, he says to Father Krellick, oh, you've, you've been tricked by the kids because of the, the Carlsberg cans. Yes. And stuff, yeah. when the pew doors are open, ah, they're taking a piss, and there's graffiti and stuff in the in the church. Yes, of yeah, course the, it is. The two sceptical people in this film are the two religious people. Yes. And the one who's thinking, hey, maybe we should, you know, give this bit more of a look, is yeah. the, uh, is not atheist, is he? Because he says he believes in something. Maybe. Agnostic. Yeah. Dude. That's a nice little uh, twist. I know you're not a, you don't seem to be a massive fan of the film. Um, but I liked it for its little intricacies, and I kind of see what they were, what they were doing, and I I quite liked this film, and that's uh, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. I ah, it's just a tough one. I did like this film, and but uh, it is very confusing. Okay, I think it can be slow and boring. It's uh, very because it's yeah. uh it's a different take on the found footage film. There was a yeah. reason for all these cameras to be set up. And yeah. I like that they set up this reason as well. No, we need to record everything and yeah. be thorough. So we're wearing head cams yeah. and there's cameras everywhere we are just so we capture anything that happens. Yeah. And it's not just people walking around with a handheld cam. Yeah. So basically what it, what happened was that there was a pay, some sort of pagan site Yes. Under the church, before the church was built. Yeah, on the site of the church. Yeah, and then they built a church on it. Yes. And then the previous minister started an orphanage and started sacrificing babies. What was the first minister? Yeah. 
started sacrificing children to some sort of god yes. who then apparently what lives under the ground yeah he lives under the in the cave system right. in the cave in the catacombs in yes. the cave system uh, right okay there's some sort of old god yes and he was then he got rid of his religion and started worshipping that pagan stuff yeah so then that is what so what is what did deacon and gray get caught in did they just go straight into the yeah it was like a it was a trap they were they were they went basically into the in a passage that was part of yeah the the god or monster whatever it is right yes and they were being digested yeah that was yeah, that was basically stomach acidy stuff. In they were in an intestine, sucked. It just went shht, like a sphincter. Shht, yeah, and it both ends. Shht. And and so, he's oh, that's it. F- Gray was like, it stinks in here, didn't yeah. he? He went, this stinks in here, and you could tell it was different to all the other things. Yeah, the walls went in, were it was rounder. Yeah, and it was like I just wanted f- Pennywise to come out. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do the 1990 miniseries one day if you want Pennywise again, because we're done with the modern stuff. Yeah. Unless that's sequ- that prequel that I haven't pitched to anyone yet, but, you know, <laughs> it'll happen. Okay, right. What was your favourite bit, then? My favourite... you ask me. Well, my favourite bit was when they uh, when uh, they went down into the catacombs and it suddenly became... Well, it didn't suddenly become clear, but when they found the altar... And yep. found the pictures, and um, do you know what? I just wanted to see Gray die. Yeah. The most annoying man in any film I've ever watched ever. Yes, terrible. Uh, well, no, Mark was worse. Uh, he's a priest though, so you can let him off for being a prick. This guy was just a normal person. He's yeah, a- but that was an intentional. Everybody knows this guy. Was type it character? I think. Or was yeah. it bad acting? But we can get to that. Yeah, we can get to that. We yeah. Can get that to and I know what you're saying, and you're not the only person I've come across who thinks it terrible. I've got some little frights and delights. Yeah, go on for you. But like I said, newer films are hard because there's not much stories about them. People don't seem to care about the the lore and the background of these films anymore as much as they... You know, during the 70s, 80s, people would go, ooh, I hear it's haunted. Right, yeah, okay. Or you'd get some stories of on-the-set on stuff. Oh, like like the, they were the cursed... The curse of some yeah, sort or of even film stuff set. like in... Uh, I don't know why it's going to my mind. Reanimator, the guy's wife. Oh, David, how could you? My wife! Yes. After the giving head scene, hmm. and they ended up getting divorced later on. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. It was a knock-on effect from him doing that scene and not telling his wife that he'd be basically putting his face in a twenty-one-year-old. Right. Yeah, well, it's like rock and roll, isn't it? You rock and roll like what it used to be. Uh, well, it is for us. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, but then you get some bands who drinking fucking mineral water and uh, I don't know, snorting fucking Barocca. Yeah, you... do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. and then you get some films where it's just like, oh yeah, we need to do this film, or we could have, uh, fucking Oliver Reed getting tanked up and fucking getting Larry and going out having a good time, and then rocking up on set next day, doing all this shit again, acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see what you're saying. I went off on a tangent. Yeah, there's like, there's not but, a lot. Of... No, but your point is is 
Yeah, I've done True. it. Uh, people used yeah. to brag about the shit they'd done. Yeah. And the fun they'd had. Whereas now they don't because uh, there ain't the no perception fun. has changed. Yeah. We still get very drunk now. <laughs> I just want everyone to still get drunk and have a good time. I don't see what's wrong with that. Anyway. All right, tangent. Let's yes. go. Okay, I was going to some frights and delights. Beautiful. But, but like I said, there weren't many, and then we went on a tangent. But the pub in the film was called the Union Inn. They provided food for the crew. That's where the catering came from. Ah. Apparently, that's a fact that's on the internet that seems to be interesting. For what some kind people. of food do they have? Sausage oh, rolls. Who knows or cares? I'm classing that as I a care. fright because right. it's such a boring fact. Um, <laughs> it's like saying, "Oh, this company provided." I, I guess it's interesting in the fact that it was a pub that was in the film, and they did the catering because okay, they were yeah, filming in that town. Yeah, but still. Who really gives a shit? Weirdly, the barmaid had six fingers. That'd be that'd be a good one. It's just Devon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. They all have all flippers. <laughs> ah, just kidding. The film itself was not finished until just a few days before it premiered at Fright Fest. So Ooh. it was a rush. Okay. Did well at Fright Fest, though. Got good reviews. Grey is at one point wearing an Unearthly Stranger t-shirt, which is a film from 1964 about a man who marries an alien, I believe. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's now on my watch list, because anytime I hear about a horror film that sounds slightly interesting, I've not watched it, I yep. add it to a list that I'll never get through. Okay, this is actually a good delight. And it's my last one before I go off and tell you a story about something. Okay, I'd just like to point out that... Joey was pointing at me when he was doing that. What was I doing? This is actually my... (laughs) (laughs) Doing that aggressive pointing style. Obviously, you can't see it, but I am pointing (laughs) in an aggressive style. So Grey shouts at a strange old man that they ask for directions. Okay. He shouts, good luck with Edward Woodward. Oh, yes. Edward Woodward was an actor who played Sergeant Howie in The Wicker Man. And Tom Weaver in Hot Fuzz. So I think that's a reference to the strange villagers in Hot Fuzz. Because they're turning up to a town. They're outsiders like Simon Pegg is a cop. Yeah, I don't think that's directly Hot Fuzz. I think that's obviously like Wicker Man as well. Yes, I know, yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, you know the guy they, I'm talking about? Yes, I know the guy. It was talk- comical. He doesn't say anything, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. comical as well. So yeah. I, I think it's both. That's really good, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. That's a lovely little, a little, uh, a little. I just heard him shout it, Devonish and I went, delight. rewinded, and went, "What? What was he saying?" Because he said, "Have fun with," and it, yeah, yeah, you know, piqued my interest. I'm done for my main frights and delights, but I have a story, and I know you have something for this section as well. So, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Should we flip a coin, arm wrestle? I think wrestle, you should go first because mine's going to get very sexual. Alright, yeah, you know how I get after the sexual stories and we have to talk for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take a break, man. <laughs> My real life church haunting. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I knew that sound effects pad had come in handy, Jimmy. <laughs> Bolly church. Sound effects rectory. Sorry. Sorry, start again. Sorry. What did you say? I said sound effects prick. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Not pad, you see what I did? I changed pad for yeah, prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was having a pop at myself. <laughs> okay. It was a complex joke, but I managed to understand it. Ah, we'll get there. <laughs> so, Borley Church and Rectory. Borley Church is thought to have been around in some form or other since the 11th century, 
when its suspected work on the nave began. Later additions to its structure were added from the 14th to the 16th century. The rectory was built much later in 1862. It's the rectory where most of the haunting activity is reported to have occurred, starting just one year after its construction. Rumours of inexplicable footsteps and reported noises of general human activity where there was none. Yeah. In 1900, the ghost of a nun was reported by the four daughters of the incumbent reverend. They saw her in the garden and approached her, only for her to vanish as they got closer. Numerous incidents were reported over the following decades. Perhaps the most disturbing of all of these were the sightings of a ghostly carriage being driven by two headless horsemen. In 1927, a family took charge, a new family, sorry, took charge of the rectory. Took charge. Took charge. Of the, uh, that's my dad's side coming out there. A new family took charge in 1927 of the rectory, and shortly afterwards, they found the skull of a young lady hidden in a brown paper bag. It did not take long for this family, headed by Reverend Guy Smith, and only the second ever family to take the reins of the rectory, to start hearing the strange footsteps that had become so familiar to the building's previous occupants. Servants' bells started to ring for no reason, even after they'd been disconnected. What? The ghostly nun continued to evade conversation. Lights appeared at random in windows, and the reverend's wife even reported seeing the ghostly carriage and its decapitated drivers. When, in 1929, a paranormal investigator called Harry Price went to investigate, the ghouls did not hide. Instead, they decided to put on more of a show. Stones and vases were thrown and messages appeared on mirrors. The Smiths had had enough and left Borley Rectory in 1929, lasting just two years under the torment of their unwanted guests. Or were they the guests? Oh, yes. A replacement was hard to find as the stories of Borley Rectory and Church had spread. Finally, when a new family moved in, the phenomena started again. Windows were smashed, and at one point the daughter of the family was locked in a room that had no known key. The wife, Marianne Foster, was thrown from her bed. And the daughter was attacked by some unseen force, and a persistent nun carried on her never-ending walk of the dead around the grounds. This family left in 1935, and were the last ever family to occupy the rectory. In 1939, as boxes were being unpacked, an oil lamp was knocked down, and the rectory was burned in a fire so badly it was unsavable. Later investigations showed that the fire had been started... Deliberately. Yes. The building was subsequently demolished in 1944 after being left in a state of disrepair for years. Borley Church, however, still stands to this day. Just a stone's throw away from the rectory was built, haunted, and eventually burnt. Of course, the church still has its own reports of hauntings, including organ music being played with no musicians. Religious chanting with no source. (gasps) And of course, the ever-elusive figure of the nun. The nun! Still knocking around those grounds. Now, where do you stand on this? Like, do you you believe... Oh, on the haunting? Yes. 
Uh, Do you believe I... in the supernatural and uh, uh, the the hauntings of this, or does it smell a little bit like somebody's abusing these families? Well, I don't know. It's it's the uh, is it Harry Price? Yes, he was a con artist. Uh, it's heavily suspected that the activity increased when he arrived because he was increasing it. Yep. Child gets locked in a room. Woman gets dragged out of her bed. Oh, it's got to be ghosts. Yeah, but it wasn't even an old creaky house. You hear no. stuff. It was. It didn't even last that long. The rectory. No, I so just... it's possible something was going on. Yeah. I'm not usually the type of person who believes in ghostly happenings. Uh, the 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 church stuff carrying on could just be we've lost that rectory. So maybe we need to uh, still have the haunting on because it's bringing a few people in. Exactly, giving it's them a little bit of bucks. So uh, I don't. I mean, if I heard this stuff in my house, I would find reasons for it that are not ghosts. Well, yeah, yeah, like Deacon, like Brother Deacon, we'd go out and we'd have a little look about an investigation. Yeah, we'd set up, I don't know, cameras and shit. There's always uh, pipes. Who knows what making noises? Yeah, uh, but still, hauntings are very interesting. They're real. They're there anyway. They're not, they're there. Maybe they're not real, but they're there. Yeah, they're there. Pe- I they're believe there. that people see things. The nun yeah. you can't explain. Yeah. The decapitated horse Maybe. drivers. Well, yeah. Horsemen, sorry. Who knows? Uh, it's been seen by numerous people, or there are accounts of numerous people seeing it. So, who knows? But then maybe some person says, oh, I saw a headless driver, and then that's yeah. in the papers. And then the next people that come think, oh, well, they got some publicity when they did that, so maybe we'll see it too. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. So have we got time. I just want to give you a couple of little rundowns. Have we got time? Yeah, you, yeah. For me to chuck you out a, another little list of my top. I'll just give you three murdering priests. Okay. Yep. So first up, we got Father Ryan Erickson. A double murder that no one understood took place 13 years ago in a town of Wisconsin. A funeral director and his employee were shot in the middle of the day by an unknown assailant. They both died it was three years before <laughs> any anyone discovered who the criminal was when they finally did find out the entire town was shocked to discover it was a local priest he killed his two victims to cover a prior crime i think we all know what this is gonna be yes the sexual assault he committed on a young boy after being questioned by the police erickson hanged himself he left a suicide note claiming he was innocent. However, evidence against him and 15 witnesses statements convinced Holy the judge shit. <laughs> that he had committed the ultimate sin. Did he rape someone in front of 15 people? Well, he must have done. And now, as we found out in the film, he's not going to heaven because if you do, if you commit suicide, that's a mortal sin. Yeah, he was guilty as shit. <laughs> because he would have lived with the torment yeah, and still being a good man yeah. if he was innocent and was a good man. Yeah, knowing where his faith was. Yeah, but he clearly didn't either have much faith, or he was diddling kids, or yeah. both. She's a dirty little pervert, isn't it? Number two, Father John Fiet. 
an elderly priest who was accused of sexually assaulting a young beauty queen and then murdering her has avoided any punishment for 15 years. He was 27 at the time and she was 25. He was a suspect because he had already been caught sexually assaulting someone before and only fined $500. The family of the victim are convinced he committed the crime even after 50 years of apparent innocence after the incident the priest was moved to another monastery didn't seem to suffer any punishment he lives a comfortable he lives comfortably now as a retiree and a grandfather the victim's family believe he was let off due to corrupt officials who let him go because he's a priest absolutely 100 percent. the victim's family have been literally here yeah, I don't get what it is about being a priest that gives you a pass for stuff. It's and I, I know it's... Oh, and I do want to say, there's lots of priests out there who just are fine. They make you a cup of tea, they put the kettle on, they talk you through your issues, they go and do sermons. And then they go, can you give me a handy J? A what? A handy J. The fuck is a handy J? Hand job. Should oh. I spell it out for you? <laughs> <laughs> don't get it out for me. <laughs> No, there are lots that I don't do that, but it does seem that there is a massive issue in the f***ing church. And what the, what the, all right, give me the other one. Okay, this I'm is. I'm going to hang myself. Okay, this is the last one. Father Andres Kun. Kun was a Roman Catholic priest and a commander of a Nazi death squad. He would command his squad to massacre Jews while shouting, In the name of Christ, fire! That's, I went a bit Jamaican. But, yeah, you what know. happened to love your neighbour? Love thy neighbour. Well, the neighbour. The neighbour. The neighbour. Cun didn't have any mercy for Jews. Cun. There's no T on the end, but we could put T on the end. Cut. <laughs> didn't have any mercy for Jews and even attacked a Jewish hospital, hospital, killing 149 Jews, including doctors and nurses. He later attacked it again, killing 80 to 100 more victims. Later, he killed over 500 Jews and the people who housed them while they were attempting to hide the Jews from the Nazis. Eventually, Kurt was captured by enemy forces and tried for the murder of over 500 people. He was hanged to death on September 19th, 1945. Now, isn't it surprising that out of the three priests who committed unspeakable murders, that one was a f***ing Nazi? Yeah. There you go. That's what I got for you. Well, that guy can f*** off. All of them can f*** off, obviously, but... Yeah. Jeez, man. Priests. You're always bringing the smiles, aren't you, Jimmy? You know? (laughs) Yeah, man. Religion causes war. And on that bombshell... (laughs) All right, Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> Don't give me that look. We're going to go and uh, move on to the Master of the Macabre. Master of the Macabre. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We are going to pick our saint and separate him from the sinners by picking our favourite actor yes. from the Borderlands. And I have just one choice. Yeah, I've only got one choice as well. I mean, slim pickings. Well, yeah, 
First off, <laughs> there aren't many people in this film. No, okay. Three yeah. main guys, really. Two yep. main guys, if you want to be picky. Yeah. One of them didn't pick up his game well enough to start yeah. with, at least for me. Yeah. So, should we do a three, two, one? Seems we've only got one each. Yeah, okay. Three, two, one. Gordon Kennedy. Gordon Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I couldn't remember his name, so I was waiting for you to say it. I thought you were like, I'm just going to pick whoever you pick. Fuck it, can't be bothered. <laughs> no, no, no. Gordon Kennedy. <laughs> I could have said Mother Teresa. You're Mother Teresa. <laughs> so, Gordon, as he's been in your standard British fair, hasn't he? He's yes. been in your he's been in your doctors. He's been in casualty. <laughs> yeah. He's been in well, any sort of British shit that you could hear. He was in an episode of Red Dwarf. Oh shit, didn't know that. Who what, what did you know? I don't think no? it's credible. Okay. It's only the episode The Last Days. But meh. Other than that, nah. Oh fuck. Hold on. I think he I think I'm right in saying that he presented the National Lottery. The original one, when it first came out, Jeez. with Anthea Turner. Fwah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Interesting little fact. Um, well, I don't know. Is it interesting, or is it just like... If, if We've people... had some before who have been like, it's been in anything. Uh, it was in Horror Hospital, someone who was in that. Yeah. Yeah, the main guy, the main teenager kid. I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Robin? Yeah, Something. Robin. Yeah, uh, he had been in Casualty, EastEnders, Coronation Street. Oh yes, and everything yes. As well. yeah, yeah, he'd, yeah, he'd done the British rounds of television, much it's, like Gordon Kennedy. Yes, yeah, a British staple. If you're uh, if you're going to be a British actor <laughs> or an actor, well, no, I'm just going to say British actor. Yeah, or a shit actor. A shit British. No, Gordon Kennedy was alright. Gordon Kennedy was alright in this film. I liked how he his brother. Deacon, and he obviously was a priest at some point, and then he sort of went on to be this working for the Vatican or what is it called, the Congregation, to yep. find. I think, I think they send them out to essentially find or to prove that miracles are right, but basically just to go out there and go, no, you need to just shut this whole thing down and say these aren't. Yeah, it's kind of to investigate miracles i'm guessing yeah a bullshit investigator yeah because they even said in the film we get a lot of these people in small towns just wanting to make a name for themselves yeah by having a miracle yeah and he's yeah and the 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 ginger father cleric yeah cleric whatever yeah his church was on the like, it had shit. No one was turning up. So it was like, yep. oh, I, he's thinking, well, he, they need to get people in. So we'll we'll perform this sort of fucking miracle. Yes. And get him in. But he's there going, no, he's the bullshit detector. He's father bullshit detector. Brother bullshit detector. I thought he was like a relatable character. 100%. was yep. also working for the Vatican. Yeah. He's a maverick priest. Yep. A rebel who doesn't do things by the book. Yeah. And he drinks too much. Uh, well, he drink I don't too think much. too much. He drinks too much for a priest. Yeah, my fa- I think my favourite bit was when uh, Deacon and the, the the dickhead tech guy went out and they came back 
and the the tech guy's just got like crisps and food and stuff and all deacon's guys a bag of booze yeah Wine. so by drinking too much i mean it's looked down upon because he's a priest and he's getting drunk so deacon isn't one for taking shit <laughs> and i like that gordon kennedy i was checking him out online oh yeah not in that way <laughs> well he's a and handsome fellow he's got a nice also a comedian Oh, yes, I think he did do some earlier stuff, actually, that was uh, comedy-based. Yeah, I was. so I, I heard that he would had been a comedian. So I had to look online to find some of his comedy. And I found a 1997 video of stand-up, and I couldn't tell a word he was saying at all. And I thought, wow, his accent used to be really, really strong. Oh, because he's Scottish. Yeah, because I have watched TV shows before, based in, in uh, sorry, a film before, based in Glasgow, and it had subtitles because the accent was so strong. So it wasn't, it wasn't too far out the rounds of possibility. Ewee man, it was terrible, worse than that. <laughs> oh, look at me, what? Uh, anyway, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Turns out it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I it? spent two or three minutes trying to understand French. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I didn't find funny. any footage of his comedy, but I did see a French guy try and get some laughs for a while when I was like, this is some really strong Scottish accent. I can't understand what he's saying. Yeah. So that that was embarrassing, but there you go. I think Gordon Kennedy deserves to win. Yeah, I mean... The, he, the it, coveted master of the macabre. Absolutely, 100%. He carried the whole film. That Irish priest who was... Is, did you know anything about him? Was he Mark? actually Irish? Yeah. No because idea. I'm sure he drops his accent at one point when he's talking to the other old priest. He's like, ah, top of the morning to you. Would you like a cup of tea? Yeah, like that, when they're out having a fag. Like, yeah. Oh, he, oh, fuck. Where, oh, he, I don't know where my mammy is, but would you like a cigarette? <laughs> yeah. It was like that. And I didn't pick up on it. Nat picked up on it. So, I don't know. It could be wrong. It probably is wrong. So, okay. you can blame her. I, I'm guessing you were not a fan of Robin Hill. No, terrible. Grey. Absolutely terrible. Too over the top. <gasps> Don't know what... Like, is this an independent film? Yeah, can I... There's not a lot... I'm guessing there's not a lot of money for, flowing about for it. Because if there was a little bit more cash, they probably would have got a better actor. You see, I half disagree with you, Robin Hill. Okay, go on. And we'll get to it in performance. Oh, okay. Lovely. Because we're about to fuck right off to the Madhouse rating system. Yes! The Madhouse rating system. Here we go. It's the Madhouse rating system. First up, as always, is tension and suspense. I think it gets better as it goes along. Okay. It's very calm, settled in the beginning. It's very British. Yeah. Shall I put the kettle on type of dialogue? Yeah. Boring. Like, a bit like a soap opera, but it's meant to be real life. Yeah, so but we're I'm... seeing it from a, a surveillance yeah. camera yeah. point of view. Uh, but it keeps getting darker and weirder. And I know you're not a massive fan of this film. It's quite clear. Not a... I think yeah. I might change your mind just a smidge by the end of this rating system. Okay. The two religious guys are the skeptics as things start to kick off and the atheist or agnostic dude is the one who starts to believe some supernatural going 
yeah. goings on are really happening here, yeah? Yeah. The best bits of tension, apart from the whole ending sequence, which is brilliant, are the ghost detection in the church. Yeah. When they're tracking the movement and noise in certain places, there's an edge of the seat moment, the chills uh, multiplying, etc. Losing control. Multiply. Yeah, I just said multiplying, didn't I? Yeah. Because the power you're supplying, I knew I'd get there again. It's, the baby crying. Yeah, and it's electrifying. <laughs> that's it. That's is that the new line? Was that the un- that was the cut line? The baby crying was the cut <laughs> line from the Grease film. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's the second time we've done that. Maybe the that third. was yeah. That was that was Grease three where they all kidnapped a baby. Yeah, we got chills. They're multiplying, and the sacrifices you're supplying. The baby's crying. <laughs> yeah. That was unnerving moment. <laughs> the baby starts crying and they assume they may be picking up a baby monitor. Then Grey turns the equipment off and the baby is still crying. Like that. That would give you a chill if it happened to you. <laughs> well, absolutely. 100%. And it does a part of this film because of the way it's shot. Everything is very real in this film, as in the mundane boring bits and mundane and boring because it's meant to be normal people. Okay. I don't think it's meant... It's not... This is not a Hollywood horror film. Yeah. Yeah. These are normal British people, mundane. Yeah. And the phenomenal stuff is happening. Okay. Right. So the priest killing himself is a good moment in terms of uh, driving the story. Yeah, he's got something to hide. We all know that. Yeah, he's helping the god under there. Not everything's got kids in it. Oh. But the best tension, as I said, is the ending sequence. Uh, they're exploring deeper into this cave system. And as they do, the story and loose ends all kind of come together. And the reasoning for the orphanage being built originally becomes very clear as they find the sacrificial altar and the baby bones scattered all around. Then finally, the acid dissolving them while they're alive and squirming to get free from the ever-tightening grip of what we have to assume is an ancient god's intestines. And digestive fluid. Yes. Lovely. Stomach or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Tension and suspense in overall, as in for a score, the the bits like the sheep being sacrificed on the lawn. I don't think that was a sacrifice, a bit... though, was it? Well, it was being killed. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I think it was it, just... At, at the time, you weren't, you don't really know it <laughs> yeah it's just clear. country bumpkins isn't it yeah but it all adds to the overall feel of the film yeah it's kind of that that sort of thing is kind of um uh like what a magician does where they're doing one thing with a hand but they're yes. doing the other thing with the other yeah so it's sort of it's and like that bit near the start where we get the surveillance shot of we don't know who it is. We assume it's the teenagers. We can see them outside the window and they wake up Deacon and then it just disappears and then the sheep thing happens. Yeah. So it's kind of a, look this way, but then it's not. It's it's actually a gigantic f***ing demon underneath uh, a church. Yeah. So it would be thrown a f***ing thing. You kind of wonder as well if the, if the teenagers might be in on something, if the whole village might be in on something, you don't know. Well, yeah, and I thought I thought about, like, because it was the kids and the orphanage, maybe it's all kind of connected, but I think that was just like a... Like hot fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just kind of a... Just a, 
I don't know, not to put you off, but just like, look what this hand's doing while this hand's doing the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go for, uh, I, I mean, I don't know, would you give it a star? I'd definitely give it half a star. I tell you what, the best part of it for tension and suspense is when they are in the catacombs and yes. shit is getting smaller and they're having to crawl through smaller and smaller things. And to me, that is the that's the I I could do it, but then it's like f- things are getting smaller and smaller. I don't think I'd fare very well crawling through these. Yeah, yeah well, caving, caving. That's it, caving. A thing I find Spelunking. both amazing, and I wish I could do, it, but I just don't know if I could. Nah, it's too much. And then when they get not so- even claustrophobic, but I don't think you have to be claustrophobic to be ridiculously scared of tiny caves. No, I just think that's like. When you can't move back from where you've came from, if you know what I mean. Yep. That's like, and you, you're sort of trapped. You can only go one way or you can literally just reverse back. I think that's a bit, I don't like it. It's a bit terrifying. You want to be able to turn around. So, yeah, you want to turn. Yeah, exactly. You want to turn around comfortably and then leave. So what are we saying though? Uh, let's give it a half just for the ending. Okay. So, that's one half. That's one half of a star. Next up, we have the gore visual effects. Well, the gore, it's nothing. No, 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 is that really? the end is a bit. But it's a found footage style film, as, as was done first, I think, in the Blair Witch Project. That was the, yeah, that's the that's the, the one that's brought it to pop, popularity. Yes. Uh, but they mix it up a bit with the with the concept, though it's it's essentially at its core a found footage film. However, it's not just a handheld camera found laying on the ground film. Yeah, they get around the limitations of doing a found footage film by having head mounted and wall mounted cameras as part of the film storyline itself. Well, hold 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 on a minute. How did they find? How are we watching the footage from them in the intestine or the stomach? From their head cams. Yeah, I know, but where they where is the relay. footage being found? Fa- oh, oh. They set okay. up relays that were going in. Oh well, Grace this is, said, I don't know um, about text. So. Uh, no, he said I'm setting up a relay, right, and we okay. can follow these right. as they go along back to get out. Okay. But obviously it means the footage. Yeah, no, they thought of that. Oh. I, yeah. Okay, yeah, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah fair dues. It's an essential part of their mission to record their investigations. Uh, so this has a pretty awesome effect on the film because a lot of the time you forget that everything you see is all from cameras they are using within the film to record themselves and any ghostly going on. The quality of the cameras is good. Unlike previous found footage films, they have decent equipment set up by a pro techie that knows what he's doing, both with the gear and mounting it. It's not grainy. He's got decent HD cameras, hasn't he? Well, that gives them that gives them a, a good get out, doesn't it? I think that they've got decent footage. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and all the angles are good because all the cameras were set up previous yeah. yeah he went in there to set them up angles so he could get good angles on these rooms yeah unlike so, what you're saying about blair witch which was vomiting juicing running around with a handheld cam in and uh, yeah. but we get a good film shot 
within the parameters of its own premise using these cameras that manages to be a found footage film as well as being a professionally shot sequence of events at the same time. So visually, I was quite impressed with the way that that premise was executed. Yeah. The gore's lacking. It's not a gory film, though, at all. So I wasn't expecting lots. After that first 10 minutes, you think, well, it, it might pick up, but it doesn't seem like it's going to in terms of gore. Nah. What we do get is a nice ending. Not nice as in they walk off into the sunset. <laughs> nice as in uh, unexpected because of the rest of the film we just watched. Yeah. Disturbing. And the only piece of gore is as Grey and Deacon are being digested in the stomach acid of an ancient paid pagan god well there's yeah i mean we get a slight bit of blood when the uh ginger priest falls off the uh well he jumps off the uh yeah, top of the doesn't church. even look that mangled though or anything but he's gone very purple he went very purple and he was dead and then he went and grabbed gray maybe his blue ball syndrome has spread <laughs> yeah probably not a lot of gore but for visual effects think i think it did it well because it's it is that uh surveillance camera kind of shooting head cam shaky cam yeah i think yeah it's good i think it's not the best <laughs> you hate saying that yeah do you want to give it a half or a star for visual effects nah it's all it's the balls in your court kobe i think Gore, it can't. You can't give it a score on gore. Nah, you ain't. You ain't. So I give it half visual effects. Okay, yeah, all right. So next up is performance. They were filming in the actual Devonshire caves, as in they were actually in caves. And actually in a, caves. In caves. In caves. Caves. C a v e s. Actually in caves. Yes. Right. Devonshire. Yes. Devon. Yeah. In England. Yeah. Lovely. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So very, very claustrophobic. So the intensifying panic of the characters as they uh, delve deeper and deeper into smaller, more encroaching areas was apparently not just an act. Apparently they actually started to get a bit, especially if you're doing a few takes in the same place. Oh, so actually in the down in the catacombs? Yep. Oh, okay. Do we know what? cave system they were in nope the devonshire okay. cave system okay oh so if they i were said oh uh, yeah it was the uh p12a2 cave ah oh, i know it i know of, it well uh, the town of shopton yep i know it well yeah yep i'd, I'd be do. talking shit and mm. it would mean just as much to everyone okay the the main criticism of the cast in performance was it was a terrible of robin hill Robin Hill? Yes. Yeah, great. Right, okay. Either he grew into the character or the character was meant to grow with the plot. Grey was an irritating character. Yep. But... Prick. It was meant to be. Okay. But it felt forced just for the first quarter of the film and it kind of didn't work. But I thought he became funny and I quite grew to warn to him. At which point? Just as it went along. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The intro was annoying. It was like, oh, come on, you know, just put the head cam on, Deacon, and, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. I'll get the stuff. 
He was irritating as hell, and yeah. Deacon was frustrated with him. But as he went along, I don't know, it, it's something... He was real. He was a real He was real. Person. I, I suppose you've got to have the dynamic there between Deacon, who's this sort of uh, stoic, uh, not ex-priest, but sort of guy, he likes likes a bit of a drink, but he's like, he just wants to get the job done. He wants to have a like quiet time of it and get it done and go, oh, no, this is a, this ain't a miracle. Then you've got to have the opposite of the, the happy fellow who's coming in. Go, go, oi, what's going on? Oi, hey, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you've got him giving it. Oh, stop, come on, don't be a dick. So you've got to have like, you've got to have the two. So they work together quite well. They were quite a, a good duo. Yeah, I thought it was a good trio. But trio? We had, uh, well, Gordon Kennedy was good as Aiden. Um, no, as Deacon. Deacon. Aiden McCardle was Mark and was very, very punchable. Absolutely. Uh, just as he was meant to be. I think he did a good job because he was the straight-laced guy to Deacon's loose cannon. And uh, slash priest. That's I don't, it. I don't That's know if he was word. a canon. He was a priest. Cannon. Anyway, we had a good trio. We had Gray, the agnostic dude, who's a bit of a dick. Mark, who's just a dick, without many redeemable qualities. At least uh, Gray was a nice guy in general. Mark just seemed like a bit of a dick, without many redeemable qualities at all. And Deacon was the good guy with enough of a rebellious side to get what needs doing done. Yeah, he's the hero. Yeah, I think Deacon is. But uh, do you remember that bit? Um, Deacon and Gray, maybe they were at the pub or maybe they went back to the church, but they came back to the... They were out and they came back to the cottage and it was all dark and they walked in the door and they turned the light on and Mark was just stood there. Yeah. I was like, Why are you stood in the what dark, you fucking idiot? Yeah. Having a... Knobhead. Touching his knobhead, probably. Maybe. Performance is half a star for me as well. With a one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it half for, yeah, for uh, Gordon Kennedy. Duncan Kennedy. Gordon Kennedy. James Kennedy. Who's Duncan Gordon Kennedy. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. Yep. Okay, one and a half stars. So, next up we got the musical score and the sound effects. There's not much to say. Well, about... Which part? Musical score or sound effects? Both. Unless right. you've got shit to say, then say it. Uh, say it, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say that the sound effect... This is what really put me off about this film. That the sound effects of all the um, the rumblings, the scratchings, the, all the f***ing noises from the demon or whatever it was, and yeah. the crying babies and stuff, it sounded literally like it was just put there from a speaker like it sat on top of everything else right on top exactly right on top and it was just like oh well that's a bit naff like you think you'd bring it back a little bit to make it a little bit more real yeah yeah. but it was just there and it was just like oh it's just a crying baby it didn't sound like it was coming from anywhere coming from it yeah exactly like where it should have been coming from like from the walls or anything it was just like it was there yeah, yeah, and it was always mean. loud, and it was like, well, part of ugh. me, my note, the only note I have for sound effects is it wasn't enough. 
but I don't mean it like the way you just said it sounds like too much because it was sat on top, but it wasn't enough as in it wasn't thought out enough. It wasn't. No, it sounded in the mix. fake. It wasn't in that world. Yeah. It, it or felt it, like the, uh, what's it called? Foley sound where you record the sound. Yeah. And they do it for all films. It's not that they've done anything wrong, but you record it afterwards, but then they haven't really thought, how do we mix this into the blend? They've yeah, just but they, they put it on. They kind of got it towards the end when they went into the catacombs, but before that, it just sounded like they just chucked it on top, and it was like, well, that definitely sounds fake. Maybe they did it on purpose to make you think that, oh, it actually is fake, and the priest is actually doing it, but then... It's probably giving them a bit more credit than that. Yeah, but then actually (laughs) thinking that, no, I just think think they fucked up the sound effects, and I think we should give it a star. Tell you what I did think about the sound effects while watching this is that it's all meant to be from mounted cams on the heads and stuff. Yeah, it didn't sound like a Hollywood film, but it did. It didn't sound horrendous. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's average. But then it was like maybe they are purposefully giving us the sound of stuff that comes from that equipment to further implement that idea yeah. that it's all coming from these cameras and mounted cameras. Yeah. What do you think? No. Okay. No stars. No stars. No Overall stars. experience. Where are we now? Overall experience. No, uh, Sorry, no, I mean stars. Uh, so if uh, tension, it got half. Gore, it got half. Performance, it got half. So we're on one and a half. One and a half. I think it deserves a two, so I give it half a star for overall experience. Now, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because it is shit, but it is quite good as well. And I quite like, I quite like being left with more questions than answers. Yes. I kind of like that. Yeah. Have I convinced you a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, when the first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, what the f***? Nah. Well, I don't don't mind what you do. Do whatever you want to do. The Hollywood Reporter wrote that this film had plenty of chilling atmosphere, but lacks bite, and that's about right. That is about right. Bite. Yeah, bite. Because... No one bites anyone in the whole film. Definitely lacks bite. Anytime I watch a found sort of footage film like this, or like paranormal activity or anything where you've got cameras up in a room and you have to watch what those cameras are seeing late at night i'm always looking about i'm yes. like oh something's something gonna pop out and there was a lot of those moments in there and i'm just like ah, oh, waiting for something to pop out nothing pops out mm-hmm. but that's just me the, maybe know, i got that no, film what would have been good for this film is what they did in house and haunted hill yeah, just put le- loads of little secret little yeah. little bits. So I'm going to watch that series again soon. Yeah, you've got to count the ghosts. Watched it once, and I loved the whole thing. Absolutely fucking amazing. Um, and I'm going to watch it again because I did the whole YouTube where are the ghosts I missed, and I can't, they they weren't there. I can't believe they were there. I didn't see that. And then when you someone circles it with a red circle and then points an arrow to it, it's so obvious. So I'm going to watch that again. Uh, they're doing a second series, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's going to be, it's gonna be awesome. Sick. But my point was, 
for this film, they should have had that. They should have had extra little things. I think they should have, in yeah. the background. Yeah. Even just a twitch of a candle moving. Some, yeah. Something for you as the viewer yeah. to pick up on as you go along. And yeah, make you, <gasps> yeah. Or even just slight enough to make you think, did I just... Yeah. Did that happen? So What's there were some here? from the, the surveillance in, in the church where the priest is down in front of the altar. Yeah. Getting off to God. Yeah. And then uh, and that went, oh, did you see that? I was like, no, what is it? Look, look, look. Man, it was just the, the priest's shadow. Okay. But exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. They could have had something like that. Yeah. Like, the bits they did have like that were really obvious, like the cross falling off the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 was it just, did make you jump, Yeah, but it was a cheap jump. Yeah. They could have just added those little... So lectures. let's leave it at what, uh, two. Two. Let's I'm giving it, it a half. Two. You're not giving it up in two. Yeah, I think that's about right because oh, I um I did not enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing your film choice next. Yeah, yeah. But, but, I'm going for a surprise piss. Oh, because I'm dying for a one. Yeah. So we're gonna pause and we're back in a sec. Pause. Bye. Oh wait, not that. It's not time for that bye yet, is it? <laughs> right, I'm back from my uh uh draining the snake session. Wow. Sorry, we don't usually have a break there, but we are going on to Jimmy's film choice, aka Joey's most embarrassing slash worst point of the podcast episode. Wow. I don't know. Jimmy could say the name of the film within the description. I'd get it wrong because I'm <laughs> panicking these situations. Let's go have a little sip of brandy before we do this. Jimmy's description, why are you having that drink? Could say, uh, there's a family that has to get in an exorcist because their daughter's taken over by an evil spirit. So they call in the exorcist and have like, don't know, little house on the prairie. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Okay. How bad I am. Are you ready for it? Brandy's all right, isn't it? What? The brandy. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's keeping me warm. Right. Here we go. So I thought I'm going to, uh, you chucked out a found footage film. So I'm going to chuck one out as well. So here we go. You ready for this? Yep. A young videographer answers an online ad for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behaviour, he starts to question his intentions. Dunno. Dunno? No, no idea. Okay. It is the 2014 film Creep. Oh, not seen it, not heard of it. Wow, you not heard of it? Nope. Oh my god, you are gonna. Was it big? Should I have heard of it? No. Okay. Absolutely (laughs) not. Hundred percent not. But you've heard of Blum uh, Blumhouse? Yes. Yeah. 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 Blumhouse Productions. Any film they touch is fucking gold. Sweet. All right. This you are gonna love it. 100% 100% you're going to love it. It's only an hour and 10 minutes long. But it is it's the same uh sort of found footage shaky cam but it's very you're going to be uh you're going to be surprised and you're going to be shocked and you go I think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. It is so good. Nice. You're going to like it. It's good. The creep. Creep. 
just creep. Just called Creep. And then there's Creep 2 as Where well. Where can people find it? They can find it on Netflix or they can buy a DVD. If they nice. Still, they could download it or stream it or whatever. I don't know. I don't know where you get it from. I don't know. I well, if it's on Netflix, it. it's handy. Just I just like to let people know. So yeah, it's on you Netflix. can watch that before we yeah. do an episode on it. And then you'll be prepared yeah. and we won't be spoiling the film for you. I had actually someone message me say... Uh, I usually listen to the podcast anyway. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I don't have the message in front of me. Okay. I usually listen to the podcast anyway. And I like it. But I had to stop while listening to The Perfection. Okay. Because it sounded really interesting and I wanted to go and watch the film without having yeah. it spoiled. <laughs> well, yeah. Watch the film first. Fair play. The idea is go watch the film and then listen to the podcast. Obviously, you don't have to do that. Listen to it if you just want to come here to spend time with me and Jimmy. So, what I think we're going to do now is, like, a few days before we release the episode, we're going to chuck out a nice little advert on Facebook where you could check us out. Where we will tell, Yeah, well, we're going to tell you what film we're going we're gonna to watch or what film's going to come out in the next few days that we're going to review. So then... Then you can watch it, and it. That's yeah. So if you listen to the podcast, if you listen to every episode, you'll know what's coming up. Yeah. Because we just told you. But if you ain't. But if you haven't listened to a specific episode for any reason, like you don't want the film ruined, you can still on social media see our little snippet, our little trailer, where we talk about what the film's gonna be. We just yeah. did it for the Borderlands. Yeah. And we'll carry on doing it. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Beautiful. And the plot's not going to be shorter. We're on a, a different time now. We're going for right, it this, this is a time. Brand new, ad, brand new madhouse. Yeah, we're coming at you this time. No more uh, elongator plot slots boring the shit out of us. Yeah, If we're it's on boring it. us, it's got to be yeah. boring you. Yeah, we're on uh, it. We're on it. And uh, I'm beginning to bore myself right now, so I'm going to call Time of Death. On episode 23? 20, 23. Is that right? I don't right? know, is it? Might be. Anyway. 23-24. Yeah, it's got to be two episodes before our first guest, Andy Bones. Bones. Don't even know how that's happening yet. I'll message him. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. He is the uh, guitarist for Cretin 77, the bass guitarist for Headstone Horrors, and the guitarist of Chumbawamba. Chimichanga youth. Cowabunga dude. Chimichanga. Chimichanga youth. It's Chimichanga youth is the other band. And he will be with us in a couple of episodes of time. But we will see you next time on the Madhouse podcast where we will be talking about the found footage film Creep. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're going to pick our Satan, take him apart from this. Take it, uh, no? (laughs) (laughs) Back Back to to the the pub. pub. Yeah, boy. But they're not welcome at this pub.